Coming to you a day late, it is episode 98 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. <laughs> Just don't show it. Don't show it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, episode I, 98. Golly, I could have got into a full-on freestyle rap. I know. I, that's what I was expecting for. I was, you know, here comes Scott turning his head on sideways or backwards. and I thought you were going to rhyme there. I thought that you said, no. here comes Scott. <laughs> Ready or not. <laughs> All right. Oh man, you're getting you're you're getting after it tonight, man. I mean, don't make me turn this hat sideways. Do I not make me do it. Our 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 guest tonight kind of does a little bit of freestyling at times too. I believe that. I believe that. So I believe that. No uh before we get into that guest, uh Bassmaster Texas Fest is uh officially behind us. It um, is. That was a heck of a tournament. Uh, Patrick, For one guy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Uh, absolute blowout by the first-placed angler, uh, Patrick Walters, and uh, we'll touch on that here a little bit later. But uh, Angler of the Year was crowned, Rookie of the Year was crowned, and uh, so... It's all yeah, wrapping up. Yeah, you bet. And uh, me and Matt actually ha- had the privilege of going down and working the stands uh, uh, bait and tackle ice kickoff event. Uh down in Milford, Iowa, there by beautiful Lake Okaboji, uh, this last weekend, and uh, so that was pretty fun. That was and, a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll touch on that here a little bit later. But uh, no, before that, uh, we've got Scott Merwin on today, and uh, Scott Merwin is a guide up in uh, Central Minnesota, and uh, pretty consistently on. Uh, quality crappies, quality uh, walleyes, and uh, also consistently the brunt of matt's facebook jokes <laughs> so, uh, uh, no that's uh <clears throat> no matt matt uh you know if any of you guys follow me or matt on facebook you know uh, we do a lot of uh uh grade d minus photoshopping that's and, right. uh, so uh uh scott merwin has been uh yeah, like I said, uh, he, he's been on the receiving end of a lot of Matt's pictures. I haven't had the guts to pull it off yet, but uh, I think after this interview, I think I'm going to I'm gonna work up uh, the intestinal fortitude to take a couple <laughs> shots myself, and uh, so I can't wait for that. I didn't yeah. even ask you how you're doing, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing good. God dang it. You just saw me, and you said, you just figured I was looking good, so I must be doing good, so... I think you're a little bit balder today than what you were yesterday. I had a hat on before I came up. I got, I got, I took a shot to the, I took a shot yeah. to the gonads yes. today. So that's yes. like, I think a couple of hairs nope. got knocked nope. off. Okay. Okay. Here it is. We could save that to the end, but let's hear about it right now. I got a, I got a text message saying got kicked in the nuts today. I want to hear about it. Tell us the story. Well, you know, I was on recess duty today, and we had to have it inside because it was raining out yep, down here. Yep. And there was one uh, one little kindergarten girl that was little kindergartner. Yeah, girl that was being a little unruly and was standing on a desk. So I thought I'd go in really? there. I thought I'd go in there and talk with her and just see if we could just calm her down and talk stuff her like down that. off the desk. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I was doing a good job, and she was walking over to me like, I was like, all right, yeah, this is working. Next thing I know, whammo. Right. So so this wasn't an accident like no, she it was to kick off. No, it was a perfect, it was a full on, like, she's like walking over like, eh, okay, and off, boom. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Luckily, it kind of had a glancing blow on the leg. Sometimes so. those hurt the worst. Right. Like, but, it, that, the ones but, that don't make full contact. Like, I was waiting for it. We kind of made eye contact, and she was kind of like, uh, uh-oh. 
and I was just waiting for the pain, but it never came. So I was like, whew, whew, all right. But yep, took shot. Now, like, usually I, it's I, accidental, gonna, but this yeah, is full I, on. I was going to say, like, being a PE teacher, I'm sure, like, you know, you've turned around and had a ball come flying your way. Oh, yeah. Boom, you know, whatever, you know, uh, hits you in the hits you in the jewels. But uh, no, just a, a flagrant, <laughs> flagrant, flagrant kick. one. Wow. I was about singing a high, a couple octaves up. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like I should put together a prize package for this girl. <laughs> wow! Oh yeah, I, I you know I would love to ask you uh, what what the following fifteen seconds were like, but I'm not even going to go there. I held I'm, my I held my composure and my cool, and it was just like. Then I went out into the hallway where all the other kids were, and I just had to pull it together, but. Did you see it coming, like, for the split second beforehand? Like, did it take, like, it, it, it probably was, like, 0.2 seconds, but it right. felt like it was five seconds, it was and there was just like, nothing you could do about it. It was. It was one of those that's like, oh, no, and it's like, please get the leg. <laughs> I went up, and I told told the principal, I said, I'm going to have to take the rest of the day off. <laughs> that's awesome. I bet you if Scott Merwin was here right now, he'd kick you in the nuts. <laughs> So I might have to start wearing a cup to recess duty. That's awesome. That is, that is. you know, I don't even know if we can top that, but we're going to try. All right. Without further ado, we're heading over to Scott. And we're here today with Scott Merwin of Lake Osakis Guide Service. Scott, how are we doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing all right. Pretty good. Uh, we got Matt outnumbered, two Scots to one Matt, and uh, that's all I've ever really wanted. <laughs> wow, that's it's two bass fishermen to one real fisherman too. Oh wow! Oh, wow. <laughs> oh yeah, we He's are taking the bass shots right off the bat. We are, we are twenty seconds in, and the shots have been fired. This so. might have been our shortest interview ever. You yeah, know? it was. <laughs> well, thanks for yeah. Talk to you later, Scott. <laughs> no, I, I I have to appreciate you guys on social media. The um, you know, just the joking back and forth. It's been really friendly and and, and um. It makes me smile every day, so I'm glad to have you guys in my life. Well, I'm glad that you appreciate it, because I, when I first did it, I was like, I don't know if I should do this or not, but... I'm not going to lie to you, Scott. I've always thought I've always been super intimidated by you since the first time we were ever out at Hooked on Hardwater, so when Matt first told me that he was going to post one of those pictures, and I was like, oh, man, <laughs> but no, you... Uh, you, you took it in good fun and uh, took some shots back, so that's what that's what we like. Well, I don't know why you'd ever be intimidated by me. I'm always about the fun, and, and catching fish is most important. But, um, you know, it's always about fun and, and doing the right thing. That's right. Yep. Uh, so, Scott, you're out in uh, South Dakota doing a little pheasant hunting right now, right? Yes, sir. It's been fun. Where about you guys at? We're... Um, about 15 miles from, well, I can't say Oahe because Oahe lasts forever, but Gettysburg, um, South Dakota. Okay. Did you guys get hit with snow today? No, we did not. No, you didn't. All right. A little chilly and windy, but, um, you know, the bird hunting was actually pretty good. They held tight till we got right up on them. Which, nice. You know, sometimes that wind helps you. Sometimes it hurts you. That's right. You bet. All right. Well, uh. To get started off, we always do a couple random questions, and uh, I'll uh, I'll start. Uh, Scott, do you put creamer in your coffee? Uh, actually, I don't drink coffee. I'm like a um, uh, kickstart caffeine guy, Mountain Dew. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I I basically live on dooskies. <laughs> yeah. All right. How about uh, are you a caramel roll or a cinnamon roll guy? Mm, neither. Neither. I'll take eggs and bacon all day long. Oh yeah. Okay. Do you put ketchup on your eggs? No. No. All right. Hot sauce. Tabasco. Yeah. Uh, Tabasco. Yeah. Oh geez. Oh geez. That'd kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, how long have you been guiding? Um, professionally in Minnesota, almost 12 years. Um, in Texas, I did uh, three years before I moved to Minnesota saltwater uh, guiding. Um, you know, if you really want to think about it, I started guiding when I was 15, 16 years old. Um, just not for money back then, just because just I didn't know how to catch fish and, and my family you know, like to catch fish, and I was the only one that was really good at it, you know. So. Now, where were you down in Texas? Uh, Matagorda, Texas. It's uh, right where the Colorado River goes into the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. So then, did you fish much on the Colorado River, or were you mostly saltwater? Yeah, uh, the Colorado River was saltwater, too, so, you know, saltwater, freshwater mix. Okay, bra- right. brackish so, water there? Yeah, yeah, so... Um, mostly, um, 95% saltwater. Okay. And that, is that like redfish and snook and whatnot or? Redfish, flounder, trout, and then you go offshore, you get ling, grouper, amberjack, you know, uh, there's plenty of species out there to catch. Well, and then perch too, right? Because everything down in Texas is a perch. Yeah, they call them piggy perch down there. That's what they call their saltwater bluegills. I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, we call those bait. <laughs> we got we got a buddy. <coughs> Excuse me. No, you're good. We got a buddy who's originally from uh, Poth, Texas, which is like an hour south of San Antonio, and uh, he came up here and just everything's a perch. A bluegill's a perch. Uh, you know, regular perch. Ev- ev- you know, bass are perch. Everything's perch. So yeah. we, we just kind of always give him crap that, you know, Texas people call everything perch. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Now, how'd you end up coming up here to Minnesota? Oh, so um, I started playing Monopoly online just for kicks and giggles, and I ran into this girl, uh, Kristen. And um, we just hit it off and ended up playing Monopoly back and forth. And talking on the phone for a couple of years, and one thing led to another, and, you know, I had to leave my saltwater fishing behind and come here and fish for bait fish. <laughs> <laughs> so hard, how hard of a transition was that? It was pretty hard at first, because, like, the first couple of years I didn't fish. Really? And, and then I had a conversation with her, and I said, you know, hey, um, you know, fishing is something that I really enjoy, and. And I just don't see it happening here. And, and she goes, well, give me a little time. Let's, let's, let's go check out, you know, a lake or something. So we ended up going up to Lake Osakis. And that's where her family used to vacation. And um, the next week we bought a place up there. And, I, you know, I totally failed the first year as an angler. And, um, you know, I started picking up things. And, you know, three years later I'm slamming fish and, People are going, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm fishing, buddy. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
so I, I put a lot of time in and effort, and that's what, you know. And, yeah. You know, I, I I mean, you've got to have one of the most non-conventional stories of, of, you know, starting to guide. You know, me and Matt were kind of talking about it going into this. Uh, you know, most of the people that we talk to, you know, they – they their grandpa had a cabin on this lake and they just always really liked it and uh or you know their family did or you know some some sort of connection to a lake and you know obviously you growing up in texas moving up here to minnesota you know how long did you fish on this lake before you decided you know what i i'm i want to become a guide actually the guide thing was accidental um i was just out there fishing i got to know some of the local guides there was two of them out there at that time. They were older guys. Um, and I just got to know them really well and helped them out. And and it became time to where, um, you know, my job was getting in the way of uh, having weekends off and stuff like that. And my wife just said, hey, you know, I'm doing really good. You know, you got a lot of money and savings. You go ahead and just do, you know, do what you want. So I was like, well, maybe I'm thinking about guiding because I really enjoy helping people catch fish. And that's where it all started was helping all the locals and people out, even the guides. And those two guides retired and they said, why don't you jump into our spot? And that's where it started, you know, and um, from then it led to this. So, I mean, pretty much accidentally, you know, I mean, it, it was a passion. I really love fishing. I, I wouldn't. I'd rather spend that my time doing that than more than anything else. So, um, you know, just helping people in general is is what it was all about for me. That's awesome. You know, yeah. it's yeah. like you start getting into the fishing industry, and things change a little bit when you get in there. There's a lot of um, I don't know how to say it nicely. You know, there, there's a lot of people that are hungry to be the best angler out there, and and I'm not, and um, I don't know where I was going with that. It's just, I enjoy helping people catch fish, and that's all it is for me. I'm not trying to be the best or the most popular out there. If, if you call me up and you, you want a tip or you want me to help you out, I'm going to help you out. Yeah, you know, a lot of guys seem to like to get into a pissing contest sometimes, or they they want to size you up and kind of test to see what kind of a fisherman you are. But in all reality of it all, it's just like you said about helping people. Yeah, you know, and and this kind of circles around. Me and Matt have said it a lot of times, but it always seems like the best anglers are the ones that are the most eager to help you. The people that still must have something to prove to themselves are the people that are the biggest, you know, pricks, you know, even, you know, on Facebook or, you know, in real life. I mean, you can walk down the, the halls in the Shields or, you know, any bait shop, and you always got those guys that are kind of sizing you up, and it's like, what are you trying to prove, man? Like, I, I'm just here to buy bait. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and I got caught up in that with the, for a couple of years, you know. You get up in, in there, and you want to compete, and... And you do want to be better, but when it comes down to it, it's not really about who's the best. We can all fish. You know, right. it's it's about who helps the next guy out. That's period. That's all it is. Yep. So. That's very cool. So so obviously uh, with living in Texas, you come up here and you start fishing when the weather's nice in Minnesota. But then uh, 
November, December comes along and uh, that lake kind of does something where it gets hard on the top and uh, the ice shows up. How did you end up doing your first ice season? Oh, my first ice season, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> I had a skid house. I stuck it on one spot and um, wondered why I didn't catch fish all winter. So then I did a little bit more investigating and thinking into it. And um, next thing you know, I'm like, hey, this is just like open water, except you can drill that hole exactly where you want to be. And that was my key. As soon as I figured that out, um, I was out there just trolling with an ice auger and catching fish. And it was game on then. Did you, do you like ice fishing now, or, or are you still a summer guy? No, no, I love ice fishing. I, I, it's, it's a different part of the season, you know. We didn't get that down in Texas. You know, it, it was always open water. Yep. So here, you know, I have two different seasons that are both unique in different ways, and, and um, pretty much you can love them both for different reasons. You know, I mean, yeah, it's cold. But um, I'd rather be cold than sweating. You got that right. I'm, I'm right there with yeah. you. So. <laughs> now, Scott, you're an ice team member. Uh, how, how did that come about? Um, time and effort, I believe. It was something I really strive for. That, that you know, at, at first I thought it was really, really important to be an ice team member, you know. Um, but now, after being an ice team member for three or four years now it's all about like i said helping the next guy out and um you know showing people how to do it and getting people involved you know it's 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 not about selling them a piece of tackle it's getting that smile out of their face when they hook that fish they didn't think they could hook sitting on a slab of ice you know and that's that's what gets me you know just just a smile people have. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, you guys have seen it. I know you have. And um, I've witnessed it so many times. You know, it's, it's just a different experience, and it's unique. You bet. Now, now with your Lake Oseka's Guide Service, Scott, uh, think back. What's the most memorable catch that a customer has ever, has, has ever caught? Open water or ice fishing? you know what why don't you do each well i have to say open water i was i was running um gopros and i had a guy i guess he was probably 35 had a six seven year old boy it's his first trip and um i had taken this guy out before and he was like i really want to get my kid into fishing but i don't want it to be a drag when should i bring him and i said what species he said walleye i said bring him out um early June or late fall, you know, and, um, we get this kid in the boat and he's, you know, I got him up in the front so I can see what he's doing so I can help him out. And all of a sudden he just sets the hook on his own. He's like, I got one. And I mean, it was a good hook set and he's reeling it in and I'm grabbing the net and these GoPros are going and, um, and uh, we get it in the net and it's a 28 inch wall. his first fish. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got one. You know, and, and <laughs> what was unique and really cool about the whole trip is I went through the footage later, and there was a GoPro aiming at his dad. And when I netted that fish, 
He looked up, put his hands together, and said, "Thank you, Lord." Oh, that's, <laughs> that's cool. That that's is. way cool. So, yeah, that's what it, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, so I that's my most memorable experience. Absolutely. I don't know what you got for a, uh, an ice experience, but I don't know that it can top that one. Well, there's several ice experiences, but probably uh, I think one of you were there for the time that me and Dave hooked that same fish. Was that out and, at uh, HOH? That was uh, before HOH. We were at Gens's Gulch, and I can't remember the lake up there. But the one up at the top, not Pactola. Uh Deer Deerfield. Yep, yep Deerfield. Deerfield. Yep. Deerfield. And and we both set the hook at the same time or a split second later and um and he's fighting this fish and I'm fighting this fish and it's a big fish. And um Dave is like, Loosen your drag and I'm like, No way, loosen <laughs> yours. That's right. <laughs> he, just, he just tightened his up and, and, and reeled it in. So uh, that was a pretty cool experience. Not not just because it was Dave Gens, but because you know who hooks two fish at once, you right. Know, right? Two different holes like that. You know, especially we were probably like sixty feet apart. No kidding. You know? That's crazy. So, yeah. So that fish took his jig, ran straight toward mine, and grabbed mine, and then we just battled it out. Dave won. <laughs> <laughs> that you know that just shows you how ferocious of predators those trout are i mean you know obviously you know you take a jig you get a hook set on you and you don't even slow down you're just going you know going for the next chunk of bait down there that's crazy I thought and then the go ahead the second um probably the second on ice is is a combination between hooked on hard water and some of the stuff we do out in the cities with the inner city kids. You know, when you can sit on a couple of holes with three or four kids setting hooks, handing them the rods back and forth, and they're running and taking turns going and weighing their fish, that's a pretty cool experience to me. You know, it's probably some of my favorite times. You know, you don't see me giggling and laughing, but inside I'm loving every minute of it. Right. You know? so. Now, you know, I mean, since, since it's been brought up now, Scott, you know, this, this hooked on hard water deal, that's obviously how me and Matt got to know, you know, who you are and, and started following, you know, your Lake Osakis uh, guide service, Facebook page and, you know, became Facebook friends. But what does that event truly mean to you? Well, to me, it's, it's pretty special. Um, I grew up with a single mother till I was about, uh, seven or eight and, um, I had a stepdad come into my life that fished and, and he brought me into that passion. You know, I had it even younger, but it, it really grew with him because he was a big, big angler, saltwater angler. So, uh, you know, at first he took me just so he could catch more fish and have a bigger <laughs> limit, but you know, in the end it bit him in the butt because I started out fishing him by the time I was like 15. <laughs> when, the, so, when the student um, surpasses the teacher. So it, it's important to me because I was lucky enough to have somebody come in and teach me how to fish. And there's a lot of kids out there that don't have that opportunity. And if I can bring that to them or, or, or at least give one day, or, you know, to hooked on hard water, especially... Well, you, if you count it, it's two days because we get to go hang out with them at the boys club. And that's something that you'll never forget. 
you know, you guys have done it. I've done it. And everybody that's done it can, can talk about that with joy. That is the most amazing kids fishing event that I've ever been a part of. I've been a part of a lot of them, but you know, Craig Euler and you guys with the boys club do a real good job with that. Yeah. Definitely awesome. Yeah. You know, and you've been out there seeing those guys smile and holding up how many fingers of fish they're catching. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Right. I mean, you know, my boy, the first year, he caught his first fish with me, and I think he probably caught his 25th fish with me, too. And, you know, I mean, that that's just, I, I'm sure, well, it's something I'm never going to forget, and I hope he never forgets. Yeah, he won't. I still have my first angler from the first year I was out there that went to the Army. Oh, cool. Really? You know, yeah, and he still um, messaged me at least once a year and tells me how amazing that experience was. That's really neat. That was way cool. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about the lake that you guide on there, Scott. Uh, Lake Osakis, uh, what are some of the species that that are are plentiful in that lake? Well, it's depending on the season, you know. um, Species come and go, and that's all lakes that size. You know, you'll... Um, we have a really good crappie population. The walleye population is going to pick up this year. It's becoming that cycle. The bluegill kind of sustains, you know, um, throughout the years. Um, this year I saw a little decline in it, but um, nothing I'm worried about. Um, that's just, you know, it just seems that how that lake cycles, you'll have one bad year of bluegills, and then, you know, you have 10 more years of, of great bluegill fishing. But, um there's nice bass, nice, um, there's a lot of nice, I, I really don't even want to talk about this, but, um, smallmouth in there. Oh, wow. Oh, you know, hey, okay. yeah. Maybe that lake ain't so bad after all. <laughs> and and, and it, it's kind of a secret, you know, it's my backup plan for when all else fails, you know, I take them smallmouth fishing, but, um, <laughs> you know, but I use live bait unlike these bass anglers, you, you just got to be plastic you know we don't like to get our hands dirty (laughs) (laughs) so what what kind of structure is in the lake is it a kind of like a bowl or is there a lot of like reefs in it what how does it set up i want to say there's uh 17 mid-lake structures um and 68 small rock piles in there um only only about 20 of them are showing up on the map. The rest of them are secrets to my guide climb. Um, you know, I mean, knowing your lake is, I got a lot of time into mapping and then putting a lot of time into knowledge on that lake. And that's what helps me out. So, I mean, there's a lot more structure in the, on that lake than maps show. Okay. Is it, is it a we pretty look, deep lake? Uh, I want to say it's 98 feet in the deepest spot oh, that wow. I've ever marked. Oh, wow. That's, and that's on the north end. Okay. On um, the south end, I want to say it gets to about sixty-eight, seventy-two, somewhere in there. Wow, it's a lot deeper than what I what yeah. I thought it was. Right. Yeah. Now, now you talk a lot about mapping there, Scott. Uh, you know, you're, you're you're an electronics guy. Tell us about the electronics that you're running. Um, I I run Lorance, and I'm just going to say this right out the gate. Um, every electronics is good. Some are better than others in different ways. Um, I choose uh, Lowrance because it works best for me and um, it gives me the most 
out of a unit than I could. I'm just going to just skip all that. Electronics are the most important tool on your boat. Right. If you don't pay attention to what your electronics are telling you, then you're messing half the fishing out there. Um, that's what's made me successful, and that will make any man successful on any lake as long as he uses it and pays attention to it. So, I mean, that's probably the best way I can state that. It, it's what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. But you don't really um, need that for flipping docks. No. I mean, <laughs> Just, I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. I wasn't going to. Hey, I tell you what, man. Some of those bass anglers out there are killing it with electronics right oh, now. They really they're are. using it to their advantage. They're not just flipping docks anymore. No. Nope. They're scanning structure, finding rocks, flipping into those rocks and staying away from them. You know, I, I, I you guys are, are doing great with that, too. So It's it's not you guys. I, it's those me, guys. I, <laughs> we, yeah. we are not good at that. <laughs> So pay attention to what, you know, side imaging, big thing, you know, um, now there's the pan optics, which, um, I'm not really a big fan of for open water fishing. I think it's a waste of space and a waste of time. That's my opinion. Um, not unless you're crappie fishing, looking for, um, suspended fish, then it's a, then it's an amazing tool, but, um, your side imaging is going to tell you way more than that pan optics will ever tell you. Right. quicker faster and and on the spot you know it doesn't take up a hand to sit there and scan it um i'm not downing pan optics it's a good piece of technology but i i just prefer not to use it during open water it's, yeah. it, it gets in the way for me now now if uh if we were out if we were going out with you today on a guide trip and uh we're starting off here in the morning do you have a lot of your spots that you consistently like to go to or do you kind of start off your day by by using your side imaging that you just mentioned and uh going out there and and uh you know running your electronics and trying to find fish and then setting up from there um i'm i'm actually glad you asked that question because it's a really important one um first thing i do when we leave the dock is start scanning and looking right away first because you never know when the fish are just going to be right there where you didn't look yesterday. So I don't move fast. I use my electronics. I look. If I have to go to, to, to memory spots as a backup or a milk run, some guys call it, I will. But I'm looking for fresh fish for the best bite I can put my clients on. And that way they can learn how I'm finding them and how I'm catching them. You know, those backup spots are for when I get into a bind. So, like I said, use your electronics, you know, they're going to help you out more than anything you got. Oh, definitely. How long do you think it took you to actually, for say, get your electronics mastered? I mean, you know, I think a lot of people buy a unit, they put it in their boat and, uh, you know, I, I don't know that they understand how, how much, you know, those things can really do, you know, they're, they're probably only using 10% of the technology that's available there. How long did it take you before you really felt like, wow, you know, I've, I've got these things dialed in. I want to say it was up here in the Midwest. Um, it was probably year two or three, you know, because that's when it went from the little fish symbols to arcs and structure, you know, I mean, it, it that's, how do I explain that? That's when um, technology with the sonars really started to kick in. Yeah. You know, 
and and to where it really mattered before it was just depth and then structure you know you're looking for structure and humps and all that you know if you knew where those structure and humps were there was fish there but now mapping and everything is exposed that so it's not a secret anymore a secret spot um you're not fishing secret spots you got to go out there and scan for fish you know not that rock pile your grandpa showed you right if that makes sense no yeah total yeah Scott and, and Dr. Sonar has helped me out a lot with that. Bruce Sampson, he's a good friend of mine and a neighbor. And um, we got together because he's, you know, believe he's believed in electronics and it's won him tournaments for years. And um, that's the only way I know how to fish is find the fish and catch them. You know. Do you do you fish many tournaments or just a blackfish <laughs> this bass tournament? Just bass tournaments. Wow. I try not to fish tournaments because I'm um, the guy that'd be like, hey, man, they're over here. Oh, yeah. You know, go catch yourself, man. <laughs> uh, and um, not the guy that's like, oh, I want to kick your ass, you know. Right. We should sign oh, up for a tournament that Merlin's fishing. Yeah, you can do all yeah. the pre-fishing yeah, for let, us. Yeah, let us know when you're <laughs> signing up. <laughs> if you're on a no, hot bike. see, <laughs> I fish with Adam now, and, and we run his beats. And I don't know what's going on, so I can't really tell you. Ah. <laughs> Except for the, I, I do fish the NAIC, and that's a different game. You know I don't share any secrets. Right, right, right. Because I have to drill my way out there and figure it out. So. Yep. Absolutely. You're, you're going to fish all the NAIFCs this year also? Actually, I'm fishing the, um, the championship this year, and then I'm going to retire from it. Really? Huh. Yeah, I kind of got into it just to just to learn how these tournament fishermen, um, you know, get into fishing and, and what they do different than me. And, um, you know, I think I got what I wanted out of it. And I respect those guys. They're hardworking individuals that really, really, really put a lot of time and effort into it. And um, And there's a lot of hard work that has to be done in one week. Yeah. You know, sometimes two weeks. And the guy that works the hardest wins, or the guy that steals somebody else's information wins. You know, <laughs> that's how those things. That's how those things work. So, yep. You know. Now, Scott, you know, some something that I've kind of been thinking about with you, you know, growing up down in Texas. You know, obviously, like with me and Matt growing up here in the Upper Midwest. You know, Saturday and Sunday morning. You know, outdoor television and and all this stuff. You know, I mean. We grew up knowing who Dave Gens was. You know, Jason Mitchell's been a figure that, that we've known, you know, for, for years. Obviously, you know, with you down in Texas, they're not showing ice fishing on TV. Uh, you know, who who up here was was the guy that maybe you first got out and got to fish with that it was like, wow, you know, this, this is really pretty crazy. <laughs> I, I got to tell this story, so... Um. First time I met Dave, he came to Osakis. I didn't know who the heck he was. <laughs> um, no, I didn't. And um, he was with another uh, fishing buddy. You know, um, he's like, I'm going to bring my buddy Dave Gens out there. And, and it was windy, blowing 50 miles an hour. And um, it was back, I don't want to say, eight years ago, seven years ago. And we had the most snow I've ever seen on a fakus. So travel was tough. 
And um, at that time, I didn't have a, a flip-over shack or a portable shack or anything like that. I had a, a skid house that I pulled around and moved around. So Dave came out there, and um, and I was running a little late, and I meet these guys, and they're already fishing, and I'm, I'm sitting there fishing with with um, Dave in a, in a, I think it was a Legend XL, and we drilled two holders in there, and I sat on a bucket, and that's the first time I ever fished with a man. And, um, you know, he wasn't really into crappie fishing, and that was the best bite I had going on, but... We sat there on a spot that I never even knew about and caught one bluegill after another, after another, and after another. And us sitting in that Legend XL together um, started a friendship that, well, I don't think will ever end. Yeah. That's very so cool. That's, that's where it started with me, you know. I really didn't even know it was a big deal after that. Um, you know, and if you've ever met him... You know, without knowing who he is, he's a pretty humble dude. Oh, oh for absolutely. sure he is. Yeah. Now, I think last year your photo bomb of him was probably one of my favorite pictures of the ice season. <laughs> I don't remember this. Even, you don't remember? He didn't that? even no. know that happened. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. No, I don't even remember that. I'm, oh, yeah. I think I had his daughter take that picture, and I was like, I'm going to photo bomb and stick a jig in my mouth later so be ready and she caught it perfect <laughs> yeah she did so, <laughs> that's funny scott and it was right when he was holding or caught a fish and was holding it too yeah. so <laughs> nice scott if you could fish with three people dead or alive who would those three people be um probably well dave gens for one I think that's without saying and um Another person in the industry and that uh, I really respect fishing with is Jason Mitchell. Um, only because he's, he came from where I come from, you know, as a guide working his way up and has, has gone through some of the same, you know, stress and struggles that I've gone through, beating yourself up, wondering why the fish aren't bite, figuring it out. Um, you know, Guys I'd learned from, you know, are probably the ones I'd fish with, Bruce Sampson. I know it's it's people that are famous, but I spent time with these guys and um and they approach fishing in a in a learning way that 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 no other people you know, it's fun for other people. But these guys it's all about how do we figure this next bite out before we get there. Right. You know. And um you know, my stepdad, too, he, he the one that taught me how to fish. He died last year. I'd love to have him back fishing with him, but he's kind of competitive, and once I started beating him, he didn't want to fish with him. <laughs> I'd still love to kick his butt one more time. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we're sorry to hear about that, Scott. Yeah. So anybody that can teach me something or look at things through my eyes and try and figure out the next bite, that's who I want to fish with. Doesn't matter if it's Dave Gens or some guy I met at the uh, um, bait store. Yeah. Right. Yep. Now, now you mentioned, you know, Jason Mitchell. You know, knowing some of the struggles. How many times have you had it where you thought, you know what, fishing ain't for me? Like, you know, or guiding ain't for me? Have you ever had those days where it was like, you know what, I, I, I want to hang it up, or or is it such a, you know, 
such a part of you that you couldn't ever give it up? Oh, I'm sure that every guide in the world has been through that two, three week experience where there's nothing you can do that's right. Yep. And you just want to give it up. Um, eventually it ends and you pull out of it. Um, it, it, it's when, when you don't perform for your clients, it's a bad feeling, oh, I'm sure. whether it's your fault or not, whether you've told them, Hey man, this isn't the time to go. And they really push on going and you take them anyway. And, and you know, it's going to be a bad weather, bad trip altogether. Yeah. You know, we take that to heart, you know, and it, um, losing in my mind is just, just, well, letting the fish win, should I say it, it, it really hurts us and brings us down. And I don't care who you are or where you guide, you know, bad trips really, really hit you hard. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, Matt, you got, you got anything else? Otherwise, well, what, what, as far as this winter, uh, is there anything out there that you're looking forward to, you know, any products that you're really pumped up that are coming out this year? You know, ice is going to be here before we know it. Oh God, you're going to make me sound like a salesman. Um, Tiki Minnow from Clam Outdoors, I think it's going to be a really cool thing. You know, there's been other products out there like it. This one's built a little bit better. It's going to, you know, last a little bit longer than some of the other ones. Um, I've always been a, a fan of the Dave Gens drop kick. You know, it, that jig is built to put a kick in that plastic that drives those fish crazy. Plus, it's easy to read with your sonar. Uh, the pinhead at Minnow, no bait, was my favorite last year. You know, not having to rebate is, is a big thing and something that makes noise. And, you know, that you got to learn how to work it. And there's several different ways to work it, depending on the day. You know, you can be real aggressive and move it up and stop, and fish will hit it. Or you can bang it real hard, they'll hit it. And sometimes it just needs a subtle little jingle. You know, I mean, those three things work really good with that. Um, one thing I'm going to mention, and this is probably going to sound cheesy, is is um, I designed a bait called the Murray. It's available at Mackey Plastics. And... What I designed this bait for is that neutral buoyancy that we were looking for. So it'll float down a little bit more and not, you know, and swim like a, like it's the first swim bait for ice fishing that, that I've seen. Um, that's why I came up with it and, and sent it over to Scott Brower. Um, I'm going to start pushing that pretty hard because I've been using it for two years quietly and it's been amazing. So you might want to check that one out. Um, other than that, you know, besides some plastics that, you know, the the Jamie, the Mackie, and the Mackie minnow, you know, um, that's pretty much what all I use, not unless I go lighter and smaller. Right. You know, then I'll go to a drop jig or something like that. But Or a, um, or if I go from uh, my, my favorite vertical jig would be the half amp from Clam Outdoors with the poly. Um, real finicky bite, the smallest one you can bite or buy with the poly will trigger those light biting finicky fish too. Oh, cool. Now, before we let you go, Scott, uh, you know, you're like Oseka's guide service. Uh, you're, you're saying is be the bite. Where did that come from? Yep. How, how did you come up with that? Okay. I'll tell you how I came out with it. I had a buddy that was, um, that was, that used to fish with me 
on Osakis before I was a guide. He, he couldn't afford a boat, but I um, mean, just a great guy to be in the boat. He brought the best sandwiches. And when I started guiding, he always used to say before every guide trip, be the bite, Scott, be the bite. Well, then, um, you know, my fishing partner died of cancer. Um, and, you know, God bless him. I miss him a lot, man. He taught me a lot. So that's where that came from. That was very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Any guy that's got a cool saying like that and brings the best sandwiches, that's a guy I want in my boat. Yeah. So I miss him a lot. Cool. Well, uh, Scott, unless you've got something else, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time uh, to to chat with us, and uh, hopefully you get a good night's rest and get back after the pheasants in the morning. I can't wait to start picking on you bass anglers as soon as I get off this phone. <laughs> well, not, now that no, we know that you like it, uh, hey, I, I think I, we're going to turn it I up. really respect you. I do, and I love you guys, but, hey, we got to have fun here and there. Yeah. That's right. That, I mean, that's what, like you said earlier, that's what it's all about. You know, we got to be able to, if, if we can give it, we got to be able to take it, too. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's time to turn up the heat. Uh, <laughs> get, get ready for some notifications on your phone. Are you a Chuck Norris fan? Uh, well, we used to have this guy in Houston, Texas called Mattress Mac, and he was Chuck Norris's best friend. So yeah, I guess. Mattress Mac? <laughs> yeah, he sold furniture. So, look it up. Look up Mattress Mac. It'll save you money. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, oh man. man. All righty, Scott. Well, uh. Yeah, like I said, we we truly appreciate it, and I, uh, I think uh, I think we're going to have to have you on again here in a couple months. Oh, anytime you want. Awesome. All right. I enjoyed it too. All right, sounds good, buddy. We'll talk at you later. All right, bye. That was Scott Merwin of Lake Osakis Guide Service, Merwi, the bass angler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to catch a bass on that bait just to. Just yeah. I'm I'm buying me a couple packs of those because I know they're going to catch fish. But I'm going over to Pahoya the first time and I'm catching a nice large mouth on that thing and I'm holding up with that Murray hanging out of the and I'm sending him a picture. Send no, we're, you're putting it on Facebook for the world to see. Oh yeah, that Murray designs bass baits. That's right. If you want to catch bass, you get one of these big mouth Billy bass. <laughs> but nope. no, that was awesome interview. Yep. Uh, all, all our interviews are always awesome, but, uh, no, that one was very cool. And, and, you know, just, uh, you know, with Merwin being a hooked on hard water guy and, uh, you know, with him talking, you know, it having a little bit more special meaning to him because he did grow up in, uh, you know, uh, with a single mom for, you know, seven, eight years. And, uh, no, that, that was cool. And, and it's awesome to see a guy like him giving back and, and, you know, I said it during the interview, but I, I really can't stress it enough. I, I just truly still feel that the best anglers are the guys that are the most eager to help, and, and he obviously is a guy that, uh, I, I mean, I think that's what he enjoys the most is just playing out, you know, helping other people become better fishermen, and that's, you right. know. I've, when we go up on vacation up in his neck of the woods every year, I've messaged him a few times and just kind of asked what's been working and what, you know, what he's been seeing, and he's right away he's – eager to tell me what what he's been doing or what i should be concentrating on doing and so yep so do check out lake osakis guide service uh i'm i think he's got a website uh i don't know what it is right offhand but uh if you're on facebook 
uh, just type in Lyco Sacus Guide Service. I'll have it. Um, I'll have it in the Facebook post for this episode, and uh, go and give him a like. And and I I'm telling you, uh, if if you're looking to do some fishing there in Central Minnesota, I think that guy has got a ton of knowledge that you could peel off of him with a guide with a guide trip. So, oh, for uh, sure. Uh, do take advantage of that. So, uh, yeah, well, moving right along, uh, I think we'll start off with Texas Fest. Uh, we, you know, we don't got to spend a ton of time on this, but uh, Texas Fest is in the books and the last tournament of the Bassmaster Elite Series. And uh, Patrick Walters. Yeah. He Century Club. Put, put a whooping on everybody. He went out with, what, a 30-pound lead on the last day? Yeah. And uh, Keith Combs uh, did make up a little bit of ground. Right. But, uh, um, no, I think he still won by like what 21 yeah, pounds something or something like that. like that it was just crazy ridiculous i mean it was it was quite something it was he put on a clinic that's for sure yeah and, and you know like it's awesome to see a guy do that spectacular but uh it it is cooler to see six guys there at the at the end you oh know, yeah really. when it comes down to the wire you don't know who's gonna who's going to do it but i mean knowing that he just had to go out that day and catch five fish and he was going to win it and i mean he still went out there and crushed them i mean 100 pounds of fish on four days is yep quite remarkable yep uh northern anglers uh people that are in our listening area uh seth fighter won himself a brand new pick em up saw truck. that he got a big nine nine on the first day yep and uh in the texas fest deal uh whoever catches the biggest fish uh or is it the biggest fish for the whole year, or is it just Texas Fest? I think just Texas just Fest. Just Texas Fest. Whoever catches the biggest one uh, gets a brand new Toyota Tundra, and Seth Fighter walked away with the keys to that bad boy. And uh, rookie of the year goes to Austin Felix. Yep. And uh, Austin Felix was in the runnings for angler of the year, year not yeah. just rookie of the year, but angler of the year. But uh, he didn't have the best uh, tournament here at the end, but... Uh, uh, I th- I think he still convincingly won Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I don't even know that it was close. So uh, Clark Wendlatt uh, goes away with uh, Angler, Angler of the Year, year. And, and that's pretty cool to see him. Yeah, win he's um, definitely a class act of a guy and well deserving of it. Yep. And uh, as far as uh, our fantasy fishing, fantasy fishing wrapped up. Fan- fantasy fishing. Uh, I told all you guys who won it. I was the one that created the group, so I went in and kicked everybody out, so I won the sucker. That's not true. No, it's not true. That's not I true. Do I don't even know like what that. you would do something like Dustin that. Dustin Nielsen won. Dustin Nielsen won. Uh, we're going to quick go through here. Colby Van Hammersbeek, uh, number two. I don't even want to say. I know. This one hurts is. to say because God, he was talking it. trash on a third place St- finish. <laughs> Stu the noob uh, Got goes away with third and. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, hats off to Stu because, you know, I'll give him credit. He'd always hold off to the end and, until he could see what everybody, who everybody else picked, and he would just go in there and pick what everybody, what Kobe picked. So yeah, I believe that. I believe that. <laughs> Matt Grave uh, coming away with uh, fourth. Uh, fifth, Jesse Van Wyke. Uh, Nathan Hagen from down in Missouri coming away with number six. Seven, Jeremy K. my neighbor Jeremy K. Last year's champion. Last year's Handing champion. And the torch over. Yep, goes down to seventh. Eighth place, Scott Sturman. He's, yep. Ninth place, Tony Reuter. Tenth place, Chris Seeler. Uh, Cody Nielsen down in 11th. Twelfth, uh, Tevis Holzer. Whoa, way, way down, down in 13th. 13th. Lucky number 13. Holy moly. I, I, was thinking, I was thinking, you know, I got to 8th, and I'm like, I only got to get to 9 or 10 to come up with uh, – 
to come up with you. I was just playing out going down to you. Thirteenth. <laughs> Thirteenth. Holy moly! Do you even... Right. I I don't know why I even pick teams sometimes. Huh. I swung the last couple tournaments. I I swung for them. I know you did. I, I know was you did. I was trying to make up some ground and do I stuff. swung for it this last time and I ended up having Patrick, Patrick Walters, Walters yeah. so uh ended up working out for me but uh no that was uh that was cool it um, was a lot of fun yep. another fun year of it we'll yep. do it again next year so if anybody out there is listening to this get you know, in it get it it's a good get time in it. it's we had what 30 some guys this year yeah something like that so uh no and uh so we've got a fantasy fishing uh uh, Facebook group. Uh, if you type in Midwest Angler Podcast Fantasy Fishing, you can like it. And then I do uh, put out reminders for everyone to uh, fill out their bucket. Uh, some people still do forget, and that's okay. That's okay. I mean, it's easy to do. Yep. So yep. easy an engineer can do it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, then there's that. But uh, no, uh, God dang it, where was I going to go with this? No, we have I don't a Facebook know. page. Yeah, we it. got a Facebook page. Go, go, join the Facebook page. We'll send you, we'll send you uh, reminders to uh, to do it next year because it's only like two and a half months away. Really, it and, is uh, when you think I mean, about beginning, it. Beginning beginning middle of February, and uh, Bassmaster hasn't come out with their new, uh, with their schedule yet for the coming year. So it's going to be interesting to see what they decide. Hopefully, here in the next couple of days. But uh, nope. With that, we'll move right along to uh, this past weekend at uh, Stan's Bait and Tackle over in Milford, Iowa. Yeah. And uh, I was down there representing Clam. Matt was down there representing Cold Snap. And uh, I had an awesome time. time. I had an awesome time. time. Uh, I sold quite a few ice shacks. And uh, Matt, you sold a lot of toothpicks. You sold a lot of uh, covers. And uh, so we did what we came to do. That's right. And that's all that matters. S.S. Sturman over here. S.S. Sturman. Yep, the Shack selling Sturman. Shack, Shack selling. I'm, I might get that tattooed. Uh, the Shack attack. <laughs> the Shack attack. <laughs> oh, man. Shaquille Sturman over here. <laughs> oh, man. You were you were wheeling in and dealing on those. I, you I did, did a good job. You know. Uh, good quality product, getting it out the door. Yep, but you know, the the problem was the Shacks were on one side of the store and the... Uh, the, um, the fish? The food was on the other. Oh yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> but the uh, the oh what a, freaking float suits? Why can't I think of it? The float suits were on one side, the shacks were on the other. So I was over helping some guys get into some clam or ice suits, and I come walking back, and uh, Darren Jones is like, "Hey, I just sold a shack for you." I'm yeah. Like what? And he's like, "Yeah, you were over there helping with the float suits." So he okay. said somebody came in, they wanted a shack, so he said, "I I got one sold for you." Like, <laughs> well, thank you. So uh, no, that was. Pretty freaking killer awesome. Uh, met some new people. I've got to give a shout out. We've both got to give a shout out to Tim Sorensen and Tanner Peterson. Both dudes uh, drove to uh, come out to uh, stands and, and, and meet us, uh, shake our hands, buy some stuff, and uh, they're uh, faithful podcast listeners. So, uh, no, we appreciate we, those yeah, guys. very much. Um, you know, we, we had some other people that came up, you know, and talked about the podcast and whatnot, but... Uh, um, no, we truly appreciate you two, uh, you know, for, for, you know, yeah, making the effort, driving a long ways. Tanner drove all the way from Sioux city, right? two to... hours. Uh, I think Tim's from down there by Algona. Yeah. So, uh, that we appreciate that. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons that me and Matt do this is, you know, to, to get to BS with guys and, you know, make new friends and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a great time. Yeah, it was. I mean, we got to thank Travis for having for us sure, over there and putting sure. on this show um 
yeah, it, it was cool to see a lot of the other guys over there representing different companies. Uh, couldn't get Kobe Van Beek to be quiet. I mean, he just oh, talked geez, and talked just, and talked our ears off. Just a chatterbox. You know, and Chad Lorth, we couldn't get him to talk. I mean, he just. <laughs> <laughs> no. God dang it, that was fun. I mean, just, it was an awesome group of dudes. And uh, no, I, I that that was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I mean. A lot of fun. It was a good time. Yeah. So thanks for everybody that, you know, stopped out there to yep. support stands. And they had a great, lot of great deals and a lot of great companies. Uh, what would one thing you were excited about, like, that you saw over there Well, this uh, weekend? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll come right out and say, um, you know, I've always wanted a St. Croix rod. Right. Always wanted a St. Croix rod, never owned a St. Croix rod. And Darren Jones was over there uh, representing St. Croix. And uh, we had messaged back and forth uh, the night before because he actually had some killer cool old posters, uh, Gen Sticks. I got this poster of Gen Sticks, like Dave Gens's ice rods, like before, I mean, I think it was when he was doing it or whatever. And he had this poster, he posted it online. And uh, so I messaged Dave, or I messaged Dave, I messaged Darren. And I was like, dude, I I want that thing. And so he put a price on it. I bought it. And uh, so we kind of were BSing back and forth. And I'm like, dude, I I really, I want to buy a St. Croix rod. So I did. And uh, I got this sight bite St. Croix rod, uh, I think it's like 19 inches, which is right up my alley. I love those short rods. And uh, I really think I'm going to love that thing. Grady got a 13 rod from uh, from Colby. And uh, that was like a Patriot is red, white, and blue themed yeah, rod. Cool and uh, rod. pretty cool deal. Uh, I also, I told Grady, I said, just go around and uh, buy a bunch of jigs. And so it's really interesting to see, you know, what a 12-year-old thinks is cool. And uh, so he, he got a little bit of uh, wild stuff. And uh, what, did, what did he first come up and ask you? What did he come up and ask? I had, him and I rehearsed it a little bit. What did he say? He's like, my dad won't let me get anything. And I was like, I bet you if you BS, talk to him. I, I go, I bet you he'll. money on that kid? I, he goes, I, I go, I bet you. I go, what you do here, Grady, is I go, you go up and ask him if you can get 15, <laughs> 15 <laughs> jigs. like 32 or something. I was like, like you go up there with some high number. And he's like, he's never going to. I was like, exactly. Then I said, then you counter. And he's like, that's a great idea. So pretty soon I see him walking around with a handful of jigs, and I was like, how many did you ask for? And he's like, I asked for 15, and he came back and said six. Yep, <laughs> and I was he like, got, I told you that's what he would do. Yeah, he got six jigs, and he got his own uh, <laughs> jig box. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, like I said, it, it, it's interesting to see what he decides to buy. But, uh, you know. It uh, is fun. It, <clears throat> I mean. Yep, I'm going to buy him his own shack this year for Christmas. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I really think that this is the year that, uh, you know, we start bringing him on some guys trips and, uh, oh, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> I, I don't need to hold his hand anymore. No, nope. I mean, he, uh, I mean this, this dude, you don't have, I mean, you, we can trust him out there by himself a lot more than we can Ramsey. So well, that ain't a joke, right? It's so. a joke. I mean, he, he can get out there and, uh, he can, he can hook him and he can do it. And he's definitely going to come on some yep, of our just, uh, trips with us. He's just a regular dude now. So. No, that was, I mean, it was a great time over you there. You got something that you uh, saw that you really? I will say, you know, yeah, I was over there representing Cold Snap, but the new Redline Rods that they came yeah. out with last year, they redesigned them a little bit yep. this year yep. with different guides on them, and they look really killer cool and yep. are going to perform. They took the inserts out of the guides. Yep. So uh, really looking forward to 
Absolutely. Giving those a shot this year. Yep. And, and I mean, I still run a lot of cold snap rods, you know, I also represent the cold snap company, but, uh, you know, it, it, it was just a St. Croix deal. I, I really wanted a St. Croix rod. Uh, right. You know, Grady got to pick whatever rod he, he wanted and he picked a 13 and that, that's, that's the way it is. But, uh, um, no, you know, I mean, I, I, I still like to, I still like to use kind of a bunch of different uh, products. Right. And, yeah. And, people, and, I get yeah. asked that all the time. It's like, is that all you run? Well, no, I kind of have a hodgepodge. I got a lot yep, of different yep, stuff. Exactly. But, uh, I do, tr- I mean, both of us do, I mean, we, we have the red lines in our, in our, oh yeah, they're in the arsenal. And, uh, I mean, they, they get used often. So yeah, is what it is. But yeah. Good news stories, Matt. Well, mine's relating to what you said a little bit ago. I got to give a shout out to Tanner Peterson because he made me a musky bucktail. That's right. That's right. He brought it up, and I mean, it looks killer cool, and I look forward to throwing it. Actually, I think that it's going to work for bass, too. Really? Yeah, I think that it's kind of like one of those, kind of a burner one for the muskies, and I think that I'm going to be able to catch some fish on it. So I got to give Tanner a shout out and a big thank you for doing that and really appreciate that and appreciate him for doing it yeah heck yeah uh mine's gonna go out to our buddy chad lorith um chad uh chad often you know kind of cleans out some of his old fishing apparel and uh chad chad just will shoot me a message and uh he'll say hey next time we meet up uh i'm gonna have a bag for grady and uh he he just you know he throws some stocking caps. We get some Vexlar you know baseball caps. Uh, you know get some clam stuff. Uh, you know Salmo Hornet hat. You know whatever and uh, you know just a lot of the the stuff that you know Chad has accumulated over years and years of fishing and guiding and you know representing companies and whatnot. And uh, yeah, he throws them you know in a bag or you know two bags and you know got some hoodies, got you know all sorts of stuff. And uh, I bring it home and yeah. <laughs> Grady's got more fishing apparel than what I do. So, <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, uh, I mean, God dang it. Chad's just an awesome guy. We don't, we don't have to tell you that. Everyone who, I mean, we've talked about it before. He's, he's just, uh, he's a professional and uh, he's a great friend. And uh, I really appreciate that. And I know Grady does too. So that would be my good news story of the week. And uh, I guess... Looking yeah. forward to the Ice Institute this week. Yep, that's right. Ice Institute this weekend. And I uh, hope everyone... Uh, makes it out there and uh you know checks out the awesome deals uh hopefully i i mean i w- we're only a couple days away now so i would right. say it's it's happening I right mean, yeah, so uh, i haven't heard anything else heck and... yeah that's awesome uh se- shout out to central lion uh georgia little rock football making yep. the uh semifinals uh this weekend also so uh yeah you're gonna be are you going i don't know what i'm gonna do i don't know uh jeremy my neighbor jeremy k who we talk about uh, jeremy k once a day uh he said, hey, let's get a bunch of pizza and chicken and watch it. So, uh, you know, I don't know. That That's a little bit more of a family-friendly option. That might right. be what we do. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do, but uh, either way, we'll make it happen. That's right. You'll be watching regardless. You bet. So, uh, yeah, that's episode 98. See you next weekend, uh, next Monday on episode 99. Later. <laughs>